0: This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler
1: number one is Dr. Lee Friends. It stinks. What is going on? (laughs) What is going on?
2: Episode 76, submission 1551. Xavier Renegade Angel. Xavier Renegade Angel aired on Adult Swim for two seasons from November 4th, 2007 to April 16th, 2009 for a total of 20 episodes. Guys, this, we're going to, we'd be spoiling it for later, but this came to my attention in the last month. As Mike said a couple episodes ago, when there was an opening on the schedule, I said, we need to go straight ahead and do an episode about this. And Mike is holding his head. He's like, he's, he doesn't know what he's unleashed.
0: Instant regrets.
2: Oh, instant regrets. This is gonna be probably for him like even more torturous than Manimal. And n- that not possible.
0: No, I I this isn't gonna to be torturous. It's just this is maybe the most bizarre show we're going to cover. Not the most bizarre show yet, but maybe the most bizarre show in the history of this podcast. Ever.
2: Yes. Yes. And And I'll say this, this show, Xavier Renegade Angel, you watch Adult Swim today with like your Rick and Morty's and the like, your Eric Andre's, your Tim and Eric's. You could say this was kind of like the forefather of what Adult Swim would turn out to be.
0: I'd take it even a step further. It's on the same level of bizarreness uh, as Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Then it gets like amped up by uh, several magnitudes. Oh, yeah. I mean, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is a bizarre but very funny show. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, some of the humor gets lost on people uh, if they're not, let's say, Paying really attention tired or, or, or very, uh, or if they're
3: not high
0: on impaired. Impaired. Of
3: some, impaired M- more or less,
0: yes. Uh, this show is just bizarre without even like the humor of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, with, without like any sort of medicinal um, assistance, this really is a show that it's the most bizarre show I've seen yet. And as I said to Greg and, and Chico, I actually lasted like five or six episodes of this. I actually committed to the cause watching uh, some episodes of this. it's it's at sometimes it's the most bizarre show on tv but then also at some points i i'm watching i'm like oh my gosh that's like one of the most mind-blowingly most amazing things i've ever heard (laughs) so it's bizarre but also in some
2: form it's genius to to describe this you have to pay attention to everything that is going on in the episode. And this might require you to watch it maybe, like, multiple times to understand everything that is going on.
3: There's, like, several things going on all at the same time.
2: Yeah, and there's, there's stuff that you just gloss over at first, and then it comes back later, and you're like, what? And you rewatch it later, and it's like, oh, okay, I see what they were doing. It's it's odd, but at the same time, it's brilliant.
3: A uh, Recent example of this would be, uh, uh, I believe it was season, it was a, it was one of the episodes of Solar Opposites on Hulu, where you had to you had to watch it twice. The episode was Corvo and Terry steal a bear. By the way, we will be covering that on a future installment of that, where the episode was Corvo and Terry steal a bear. But that's not exactly what happens on the episode. Not exactly. But I'm going to let you watch that yourself because it is actually worth watching.
2: Okay. So Xavier Renegade Angel comes from uh, FAR, spelled P-F-F-R, and it was created by Vernon Chapman and John Lee, who were the creators of MTV's Wonders Shows. And they also produced at home with amy sedaris on true tv
0: future installment wonder chosen
2: yeah i don't know if at home amy with amy sedaris is going to be a future entry but if you've ever seen that show it's you kind of under you kind of get like where some of the humor of this show comes from
0: and the same applies to wonder chosen uh very bizarre show uh you can definitely see some crossover in uh, some of the jokes and stuff between Wonder Shows and, and, and Xavier.
2: And another note I should mention, Verdin Chapman, the co-creator, is the voice of Xavier Renegade Angel. But he's also notable for voicing one notable animated character in the past, and that is the character of Tally from South Park. Tally as in... what is that? Yep
3: want to
0: get hot oh my gosh my voice cracked there i think a testicle just dropped (laughs) yeah (laughs) want to get (laughs) hot
2: yeah you're probably wondering what is this show xavier renegade angel about well the show follows the adventures of xavier a self-absorbed and oblivious fawn-like shaman wanderer with delusions of grandeur. Xavier is the main character of the program, often shown to be deeply insecure, near sociopathic, and a childlike individual who can quickly turn against others if interactions with them lead to negative feelings about himself. Xavier often brings total destruction to his environment and those around him in his attempts to right what he sees as wrong or help others with their problems, in many instances going as far as breaking reality itself. His physical appearance is equally absurd. He wears the shell of an isopod-like creature as an armband on his right arm. His left hand is a snake from the elbow downwards. It usually acts like an ordinary hand, but in the episodes The Six Teeth of Good Intentions and El Tornadorer, it appears to possess its own consciousness and speaks to Xavier directly. His knees bend at the joints backwards. He is covered in brown fur and has ocular heterochromia, having one brown eye and one blue. And instead of a nose, Xavier has a raptor-like beak, though he also has a mouth. He has six nipples and a giant eye in place of his genitalia. He typically wears tennis shoes and a loincloth embroidered with varying symbols. Xavier's purpose seems to change slightly with each episode with the initial plot seeing him as a wandering philosopher, aspiring wise man, or sage of sorts, whose intent on hermitism seems to give reference to Native American vision quests. Of initial importance seems to be Xavier's drawn-out search for an answer to the abstract question, what doff life? Later on in the series, however, the original plot seems to alter slightly into a more personal and less transcendent search. Xavier announces his reasons for roaming the world as the means to which he can help others. His purpose being to improve the quality of human existence and, generally speaking, do good. Now, the two seasons of Xavier Renegade Angel fall kind of a, a a narrative structure through the course of... Each season. In the first season, Xavier is trying to find who killed his father, while in the second season, he's attempting to find his mother. So we'll go over that over the course of the series. Also, occasionally, while Xavier's on his quest, we usually sometimes cut into flashbacks of his younger self with his master, the chief master guru, who is a supposedly indigenous shaman who took Xavier after he became orphaned and taught him mystical and spiritual practices, teaching him the power to heal others with the use of a fictional instrument called a shakashuri, which you see Xavier kind of toot with that. That's kind of what gives that musical like flute thing at the beginning of each episode.
3: The musical, fl- the, of course, the musical flute thing.
2: Yeah, that's basically what it is. The shaven features frequently in his flashbacks, and despite Xavier's adulation, is shown to be abusive, sadistic, bullying, and cruel. He eventually fakes his own death at one point to get rid of Xavier, but it's later revealed that he gave Xavier the loin and the inspiration to help people in order to get rid of him. Well, that's mean.
0: Are, are you the listeners confused yet?
2: Oh, you're gonna yes? be. You're gonna oh, be. so
0: am I. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> You're going to be after you hear me describe all these episodes. Oh my god. Told you god. this is going
0: to be a bizarre one.
2: Oh, it's going to mm-hmm. be a bizarre right. one. Okay. Guys, buckle up as I described to you every ep- as I tried to describe to you every episode of this show. Episode 1. What life duh duh doff? After some rednecks beat up Xavier they come back loaded with computers with viruses, planning to dump them in a landfill. But when they do, the viruses from the computers infect the lake in town. And when Xavier notices, he tries to find a cure. So this episode starts, Xavier travels through Connecticut, where he's interrupted by three gang members who shatter his shaka shuri. The gang members spit and beat the crap out of Xavier where he urges the gang members to walk away with no success. Xavier goes to a computerized visitor center to ask what doff life as the computer fritzes out. Xavier encounters a woman as he tries to explain his life story where he predictably got the crap kicked out of him as a kid and danced with a mannequin at his prom. He talks about how he was finding enlightenment in the bedroom when his house caught fire and how he couldn't save his parents while the woman next to him is sleeping during the telling of his entire life story. The gang members return, and as I mentioned, they're going to get a bunch of computers and infect them with a virus. Xavier gets a vision and tells the gang members to not sully above earth with those computers and tells them to dump them in a lake where no one can see them. And predictably, the gang laughs and spits on him. Sounds like the beginning of an It's Always Sunny episode. Yeah, basically. Xavier then tells the woman about how he spent nine years as the pupil to Chief Master Guru. And he flashes back to the story of how Chief Master Guru taught Xavier to play a wind trance as young Xavier gets a vision of him in the future with the woman as present day Xavier and the lady turn to look at young Xavier in the vision. The lady then leaves to take a shower. Meanwhile, the gang is throwing the computers that have a virus into the lake, which causes the town to look like something out of the Money for Nothing video by Dire Straits. Xavier figures the only way to stop the computer virus is to get a human virus. (laughs) So so he gets a bottle of a virus. I won't say what it is, because I don't want Mike to be like, oh, God. But he gets the virus, has one of the... Gang members drink the virus, and he starts glitching out. <laughs> and eventually, everything in the town turns into like a greenish, tronish world. So Xavier creates a new shakashuri out of the lady's arm to tame the virus. As the virus finds it soothing and relaxing, and the world is restored, and everything goes back to normal. And then at the end, Xavier takes the world in some kind of ball and plays hopscotch with it as he hitchhikes into a car on a neverquest. That's episode one, folks. Wow. We got 19 more of these to go. Episode two, Chief Beef Loco. Xavier steps in to replace a school mascot and in doing so, earns the respect of a violent local Mexican gang where he hopes to win over with the power of passion and emotional healing. So this episode begins with Xavier encountering an injured mosquito and helps it in the desert when the two people confront him and accuse him of bestiality. And what do you know, they beat him the crap out of Xavier while the mosquito sucks the blood out of the eye of one of the beaters and causes the other to punch himself. The mosquito then goes into Xavier's ear and lays its eggs inside of his ear when the mosquito dies. Xavier tries to give the mosquito CPR with no luck. Xavier then encounters a boy who had his mascot costume destroyed by a Mexican gang. So Xavier offers to be the mascot as himself, pretending to be the kid. So Xavier performs some sick dance moves at a basketball game, which are so good, it causes the opposing team to forfeit. That must be some sick moves. Oh, damn right it is. (laughs) So the Mexican gang, thinking Xavier is the kid, apologizes to him and invites him to a meeting. Xavier, after seeing the gang symbol, gets a flashback to when he was with Chief Master Guru when he died, who had the same gang symbol, and Xavier swears to avenge his master's death. Xavier in the present encounters the boy, where he had hit him in a sewer, telling him everything went well at the game, but tells him to stay in the sewer for a bit so he can infiltrate the Mexican gang. So Xavier meets with the Mexican gang, where they tell him he needs to kill a pizza delivery guy who's arriving at their house. Xavier tells the pizza guy in front of the door that he's supposed to be dead, but gives him $20 to start a new life. Xavier brags to the gang that he killed him, but the delivery guy, unfortunately, comes back because he forgot to give the cocoa bread. Wow. However, the gang forgot to give him the cocoa bread, I'm sorry. (laughs) However... However, the gang is impressed with Xavier's spirit, and they nominate him for their pulper to Prince program where he becomes gang leader for a week. Xavier has the gang spray paint buildings white on Tag Tuesday and makes the gang flush their drugs as soon as they get them to make sure they stay one step ahead of the cops. Yes.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. As, uh, like The more I listen to this, I'm thinking to myself... Is this a giant episode of It's Always Sunny?
2: It's like 10 episodes of It's Always Sunny in one episode. And then on Friday night, which is Taco Tuesday, Xavier has the gang talk about their feelings, where they all open up as they say they're out of the drug game forever. However, a drug dealer named Shiny is coming and wants his shipment, which has been flushed by the gang because of Xavier. So they all meet at the docks, and holy shit, guys. Shiny, he looks like the liquid metal T-1000 from T2 as he asks Xavier and the gang where the drugs are. Xavier says they're out of the game for good. Shiny offers Xavier a job with him, which Xavier regrets, and the gang sends an army of poodles to go after Shiny as they all form a poodle mecha person, which Shiny punches, and soon after, Shiny punches Xavier. Now, remember when I said the mosquito laid its eggs in Xavier's ear before he died? Yes,
3: uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do.
2: Well, the mosquito eggs hatch, which form a mosquito mecha, which karate kicks the shit out of Shiny and throws him to a pit of molten lava like the end of Terminator 2.
3: Uh, So this episode was pretty much an homage to Terminator 2 then.
2: (laughs) Kind of. The gang decides they can use Shiny's remains to start construction on a new hospital called the Loco Center for Emotional Connectedness and Poodle Hospital. Xavier offers to go on the date with the Mosquito Mecca who rejects him for the kid as they make out as Xavier wanders off to his next quest as the Loco Center becomes self-aware and crushes everyone in the area. Ah. Yes. Episode 3. Weapons-grade life. Xavier becomes the self-styled guardian angel of a young boy who is trying to impress his father. When the boy's success with science sets off Xavier's insecurities, he decides to become his, quote-unquote, guardian enemy instead. So what? Xavier, at the start of this episode, finds some kids at a school when he assumes two of the kids are picking on a kid in a wheelchair and assumes they'd never hang out with a kid with limp legs. Ah. And so the two kids, what do you guess? They beat the crap out of Xavier. Of course. The kid in the wheelchair apologizes to Xavier and takes him to his house where he's a Christian scientist doctor, his father. And Xavier watches the kid's father perform an operation with magic as Xavier investigates. He finds out that it turns out the kid in the wheelchair performed the operation with strings and magic. Xavier thinks it was ingenious as the kid in the wheelchair says his father would be crushed if he found out. He was using science perfor- to perform his dad's Christian science. So Xavier goes to the kid's underground lair and sees his inventions like self-eating spreadable bread. Huh? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but wouldn't you love spreadable bread that's self-eating?
3: Self-eating spreadable bread. As in bread that eats itself. Yes.
0: Did I not remind the listeners this is going to be a very bizarre show?
1: Yes.
2: The the kid in the wheelchair says his goal is to make life out of a Petri dish, out of chemicals. Xavier puts his finger in the dish and it. Xavier suggests the dish needs coconut, while the kid realizes his artificial coconut spread can create life. Xavier says it's not that impressive because one time he created a thereto, which is a burrito inside a burrito. In the heart of a burrito
3: a burrito which is a okay so a burrito which is inside of a burrito which is in the heart of a burrito
2: yes what would be in the heart of a burrito (laughs) i guess a burrito my brain hurts Xavier says the kid is not better than him because he created life and says he's just as ugly in the inside as he is on the outside. So after Xavier walks out of the lair, we cut to the kid in the wheelchair in a cemetery by his mom's grave saying he's not going to be another Einstein. And next to his mom's grave is a tombstone with the kid's legs legs on it. Yeah. Xavier notices the kids' fathers going into a bakery getting devil's food cakes, which he's hooked on. The dad asks the person at the counter what the secret is to the devil's food cakes. As the person at the counter says, she fills each cake with a dozen devil's eggs. The dad says he'd swim through a lake full of water for these cakes because it's the only thing to put the fire in its belly out. Remember that for later. The woman at the counter notes it's an odd thing to say. Xavier encounters the dad and says he needs to see his son's lair. The dad sees the lair and is shocked by the lies as Xavier tells him he's playing the ultimate liar by playing God under his nose. Xavier then encounters the kid by letting him know that he told his dad about his lair as his dad pours kerosene as the house blows up, causing a massive never-ending explosion that keeps going and going as Xavier says to the people that witnessing the explosion that it's alive and they're making it angry. So the explosion then burns everyone in the town as Xavier tries to figure out how to stop the explosion when he remembers the conversation about the devil's fruit cakes and tries to take the explosion to a lake full of water by distracting it with a jeep full of devil's fruit cakes as he drives by asking everyone, does, Edward, does anyone know how to get to the lake? Xavier takes the explosion to the lake as the kid in the wheelchair tells the explosion that he created it. As Xavier says, his father cursed God. The kid in the wheelchair says to the dad, explosion, that because he created God, he now believes in God because he believes in himself and wants to start over as Xavier eats the devil's food cakes and says it's pretty good. The kid then fools the dad explosion by taking the cross he had and pulls a knife from under it, stabbing the explosion, apologizing to his dad, saying he can't let the army get hold of a powerful weapon and that he swore to his dead mom that he wouldn't be another Einstein. Xavier figures that at least he died with God in his heart as he eats its heart. Xavier goes to the kid who's crying by saying, it's tough to kill your dad, but at least his brain isn't as dumb as his legs. Xavier then goes to the grave of the Thorito to crows out the episode.
3: Uh that you, uh, just occurred to me. You said "devil's food cake" a lot during yes. that synopsis.
2: Yes, I told you that was going to be important. But oh my god, these next two episodes! Oh my god, these are just um, these are just back to back. Oh my god, what the f is going? This is just. <laughs> Proceed. Episode four. The 16th of Good Intentions. Xavier offers his mind, soul, and nipples to the care of seven babies that he finds in a park. But his snake hand undermines these ideas. Meanwhile, the police close in on a notorious baby kidnapper. So this episode starts. Xavier is traveling to Phoenix while writing notes in his notepad and goes to a park where a mother is with her eight babies. The mom climbs with one of the eight babies on the slide at the playground, while Xavier steals the remaining seven babies because he recalls a time where his dad abandoned him on the side of a road because he hid a bike behind a tree for Xavier, as Xavier witnessed his dad dying. But as the car crashed into a popcorn truck, Xavier sees the bike, realizing he was telling the truth. And in the present, Xavier, after going back from the flashback, takes the babies and leaves behind his notepad in the park. This uh, is not, yeah. <laughs> this is not going to end well. I'm, I'm just going to warn you guys. So Xavier takes the babies in a drain pipe where he makes home, where we flashback to Xavier with Chief Master Guru as he showed him some abandoned birds, as he puts them to a fire, as they get rebirthed to be a giant egg. Remember this for later, people. Okay. And so Xavier makes his classic monologue in this segment about loving all the babies, which we're going to play now.
1: Kids, I swear, I'm going to love all of you, and equally... I'll be dividing my love into seven equal sections or love quadrants. Each quadrant will be worth 15 love units, represented by these small brass marbles. You may use these marbles as currency amongst yourselves. Collect 35 love units. You can trade those in for a beach towel with my face on it. Collect more than three towels. What is that racket? Where are my babies? Where are my babies? Where are my babies? Keep it down, lady. We got families around here. Ah, Have you seen my babies? I'm popping a peek at a smoking babe right now. I lost seven of my babies. Tragic. I've got septuplets myself. I don't know what I'd do if I lost them. Good thing I'm a responsible parent. You should try it sometime.
2: And the most amazing thing is Xavier to this poor woman who he unknowingly kidnapped her babies tries to hit on the, on the poor muffer. Oh boy. And then chastises her for being an irresponsible parent. Just amazing. So now, Xavier has the baby suck milk from his six nipples. But remember, there are seven babies. So he's one nipple short. So his snake hand ensures (laughs) that he'll take care of that. And he swallows and eats the remaining baby. Xavier Snakehead ensures Xavier that he won't swallow any of the babies again, and as Xavier feels the child's spirit in his veins as Xavier sympathizes with the mother, and so he says, I'm going to try to find the missing babies. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be amazing. Xavier finds a poster on the missing babies and goes to the mother, saying he's on the case as the mother claims that people told her that Xavier wasn't real and that he was a nightmare. Xavier then says, Is this a nightmare? And plops a sloppy kiss on the mother.
3: Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Xavier goes back to the pork where he tries to become the criminal. And that he is shocked that the kidnapper knows f- his every move, because he finds his notepad. Which he assumes is the kidnapper's notepad.
3: <laughs> this is this is.
2: <laughs> but then he says he's on the trail and that it's not a now a game and that the kidnapper may be check checkmate. But now they're playing Chinese checkers. <laughs> So Xavier goes back to the drain pipe to feed the babies when the snake hand says, I never thought you'd ask, and then eats another one of the babies. But Xavier quickly gets over it and feels like a million love units. The snake hand claims he wanted to give Xavier energy to find the missing babies. So Xavier then brings bloodhounds to the mother's house, which bullshit, because I watched this episode. Uh, Those are clearly basset hounds. And I know because my brother has a bassin hound. So he brings the bloodhounds to find the scent of the remaining baby at the mother's house, where the bloodhounds eat the mother's remaining baby as Xavier and the bloodhounds run off. And then the police show up telling the mother that someone stole the police's bloodhounds, but they got the backup bloodhounds to chase the first string bloodhounds as the mother cries that they ate her baby. And the police whine that they should never have let her left her alone, and that she's twisted. It has the gall to blame it all on police dogs, and it looks, And the policeman looks at her messed up house and asks, "Those dogs were decorated. What have you ever decorated?" The dogs then go to the drain pipe with Xavier as he figures he has the kidnapper cornered. The cord holder has become the corn the police get to the drain pipe as Xavier panics that they'll think it he's the kidnapper. So the snake hand offers to get rid of the evidence by eating the remaining babies, which the snake hand does. And then the snake hand swallows Xavier as it becomes something like the space baby at the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. And then it becomes a giant all-knowing fetus that the cops arrest and then put in the electric chair. Now remember what I said about the egg at the beginning? Yeah, the egg. Well, guess what happens is when the giant space fetus becomes gets the electric chair. What happens? It becomes a giant egg which rehatches into Xavier as he realizes that society Oh like, oh I
3: remember that episode. Yes.
2: He realizes that society needs to stop this selfish search into missing children, and we need to start searching for the child within, and tells the mother that he'll put some babies in her butt someday.
3: I vaguely remember seeing that episode.
2: What, amazing. Just Oh, what, a, what an amazing episode. But you know what's amazing? Episode 5. Pet suicide oh boy after being mistaken for a genetically engineered pet by a spoiled young child xavier decides to teach the child a spiritual lesson and xavier sets out to teach the boy's father too i won't reveal the last part because it's a spoiler and i want you all to be shocked when i describe this twist when it comes out Okay, so the episode opens, Xavier goes to a pet shop where he consoles a crying pet shop owner who's going to go broke, and Xavier decides to help him out. It turns out that the pet shop owner has weird pets, like a pocket hippo, a deer cat, and a giraffe puppy. would you want a giraffe puppy? Giraffes are cute.
3: Puppies are cute. Something tells me that giraffe puppies would just be wrong.
2: Yeah. Xavier makes the pet shop owner envision the store of customers when Xavier notices the two people in the Invisiting look like suspiciously dressed up in trench coats as they hold the store up for money, taking the last of the cash in the store. Xavier helps the pet shop owner visualize a pair of customers as an oil tycoon and his son come into the pet shop as the son wants to have Xavier as a pet and orders his daddy to buy him as Xavier is offered by the oil tycoon to spend two hours with his son for three grand. Xavier doesn't want to lose his dignity, but when the oil tycoon offers the pet shop owner 50 grand, Xavier decides he'll do it, but to teach the son a lesson on his greedy ways. So the son plays with Xavier like he's Richard Pryor in the toy, while Xavier tries to use his mental judo on the son. The son at one point makes Xavier dress up like his grandma and smashes himself in the balls with a hammer. Wow.
1: <laughs> Xavier,
2: yeah. Xavier makes the son play a role playing game where they switch places, where the son gets a silly flashback where he reaches true enlightenment and becomes one with the mother consciousness and discovers suffering and comes to the realization that he needs to buy all the suffering in the world. Xavier shows the sun his crystal where every luxury causes the equivalent of pain somewhere else in a commercial for Proposition 1231. Okay, now here we go. Buckle up, folks. The son realizes he has blood on his hands and figures his dad will stop this. When Xavier tells him his dad is the worst of it all because of his oil tycoonry. So Xavier and the son decide that the dad needs to see the world through the eyes of a Native American. So they go to a cemetery where Xavier takes a giant syringe of Indian blood from a grave, where they inject it into his dad while sleeping. And the dad, after waking up, realizes that after feeling the Indian blood inside of him, He figures he's now at least 15% Native American. So you know what he decides to do? What? He decides to open him up a casino. That makes
3: sense, actually.
2: Yeah, which pisses Xavier off so much, he throws the giant syringe of Indian blood at a wall. So we see the commercial for the Oil Tycoon's new casino, where it's built on an ancient Native American strip pub. We then cut to the dad injecting Native American blood when Xavier comes into the room and asks where he learned it from. From you, alright! I learned from watching you! Get it? Yep. The son cries asking dad, his dad that he wants universal oneness, but the dad says he can have The oil pumps to the Indian burial ground and suck out all the blood. Xavier realizes the prophecy is foretold, because by definition, a prophecy is one that is foretold. So the oil pumps red Indian-blood Indians who murder everyone in the casino, and Xavier figures if Prop 1231 had passed, this wouldn't have happened. So in response, Xavier and the son go to an ancient cowboy burial ground so the red cowboy-blooded cowboys can fight with the Native Americans but the cemetery at the Cow Ancient Cowboy Burial Ground is tainted with Arab blood, causing a giant massacre at the casino. As Xavier and the sun look on, Xavier says the sun can take it from here as Xavier runs away as he moves on to the road of life and says to the audience to vote yes on Prop 1231. <laughs> this
3: is the kind of surreal humor that Xavier, that pretty much is the entire Adult Swim original lineup.
2: Yeah. and Folks, we are only one quarter of the way done. Episode 6, World of Hurt BC. In the search for himself, Xavier decides to go back in time to investigate a prehistoric mural of one of his ancestors. Okay, so Xavier is drifting through the desert when he suffers a series of hallucinations which ends up with him talking to a giant hand as Xavier asks who he is and where he came from and why the hand is pretending to be British. The hand answers none of these questions. Xavier then asks the computer, which, by the way, the computer is a sentient computer used by Xavier for analysts and information. He appears as a jerkily edited live-action actor set in front of a jarring black-and-white background. He is portrayed by John Flansburg, half of the band They Might Be Giants. Yes. So, Xavier asks the computer for help since he needs to eat. The computer tells Xavier to turn to the left where he sees a diner. So, at the diner, the person at the counter and the patron at the diner talk about how every cigarette takes 17 minutes off your life. And that every slice of bacon takes 9 minutes off your life. Xavier arrives at the diner where the person at the counter and the patron think he's a (laughs) I'm not even gonna say it. He's he's
3: say just just say it. Just say it.
2: A a a term for a certain group of people in the most populous land in Asia.
3: In that case, do not say it. Yeah.
2: And they beat the crap out of him. Of course. We then cut to a basket of fries as Xavier's beating, being beaten up as a Dukes of Hazardish narrator says Xavier's going to get a basket of pain. Then all of a sudden, a news report airs on the TV at the diner where the oldest cave drawing known to man is discovered. And it's painted. It's a painting of Xavier. And, it's, and Xavier wonders, is this the clue to my origins? So Xavier takes the TV with him to the cave. I don't know why he's taking the cave with him, the TV to the cave with him. It's not going to be plugged into anything.
3: It isn't going to be plugged into anything, but at the same time, you have to ask yourself, why does Xavier do anything?
2: Yeah. So he has the computer analyze the drawing, which determines that the painting is around 46,000 years old. So Xavier decides to find the origin of the painting by time traveling. And then he remembers what he heard about the cigarettes and bacon at the diner and figures he can go back in time. So he time travels by smoking cigarettes and eating bacon as he goes back to the caveman days. (laughs) Xavier runs into a caveman and wouldn't you know it, the caveman beats the crap out of Xavier as once again we look at the basket of fries with the narrator talking about Xavier getting another basket of pain fries.
3: Well, look at it this way. At least he didn't eat those fries, excrete those fries, and then those fries turned out to be Xavier.
2: Yeah. Xavier encounters a cave lady who's been beaten by her cave husband and says he'll be her guardian. And if the caveman wants to get through him, he has to punch the cave lady first. <laughs> Xavier then sees an image on her back similar to the cave drawing and thinks the answer to his origin is close as Xavier enters the world of hurt, which is the physical manifestation of rage. The caveman then comes back into the cave and punches the cave lady's back, which pushes Xavier out And says he no longer fears the caveman's pain for us and that even though pain hurts, you need to confront pain if you want to transcend the crushing pain of your inner pain. He asks the caveman to look inside as to why he hurts people and feels tough. The caveman says he thinks he'd be vulnerable to get hurt. The caveman says to the cave lady that he only hit her because he loves her. Xavier says it's the smartest thing he's ever heard. Xavier gives the caveman a feather to write what he feels as he writes a love poem to the cave lady. As Xavier says, he got in touch with someone very special, himself. Aww.
3: Aww. But did he find himself, though?
2: Well, here, here we go. The caveman says Xavier gave him a spiritual breakthrough and asked what he can do for Xavier. So Xavier says... He's looking for a cave painting, and he, wa- and he wants to show it to him. So he demonstrates on the cave wall with chalk of the cave painting, and the caveman tells him that, in fact, it was Xavier who drew the drawing of the cave painting of himself. Yes. That is amazing. So what was that you said back at Second Chance, Chico? The bootstrap paradox? Yeah,
3: the bootstrap paradox. It's like you go back in time and do something that will ultimately function to keep history uh, chugging along.
2: Yeah, so I guess that, w- that was part of the grand plan. Xavier had to draw that cape painting of himself. So the computer says that Xavier, in fact, drew the painting, to which Xavier says, you figured it out right after numb-nutted Neanderballs, as Xavier tries to get back home by getting the bacon out of his system as he time travels back to the present, and at one point he encounters two people who bought a Patrick Nagel print after he died. Ken? He makes it back to the present and encounters the glitched-out snail he met at the start of the episode in his hallucinations as Xavier won't feed it his face like last time as the snail dies and becomes Static Snow. Ah. Fourteen more episodes, kids. Episode seven, Blood Corn. Xavier is trying to stop Mother Earth from being raped, so he shuts down the factory. But that only starts a bigger problem. Poor families without a job. Okay, so Xavier encounters a floating Gandhi with an umbrella, where he's recognized as the world's number one guardian angel, and encounters all the people he allegedly saved who are now dead. Xavier then wakes up on the sidewalk from a dream on his dreamcatcher, which Xavier believes was some powerful stuff. Xavier bathes in the river and dreams of helping people while uh, touching himself when when he notices trash pouring in from the river. Xavier chastises the people polluting the lake that they're raping Mother Earth while they all just dismiss him. Xavier flashes back to an encounter with Chief Master Guru who informed him that Mother Earth is the brain in the universe. And Xavier figures if the Earth is a brain... Doesn't it have it dreams, as we see that the Earth does in fact have dreams. Where it gets teased at school, and then we segue to the traditional Adult Swim title cards, telling us the rest of the dream is so mind-blowing, but they'd rather spend the rest of the money to fight genocide in Darfur rather than complete the segment. So we go back to the comedy where Xavier wakes up at a bus station with a TV, as he calls it, the Devil's Dream Box. And then for the next six hours, after spending $435.25, Xavier watches a commercial noting a mix-up at a chocolate chip factory where the cookies got way too big, and Xavier says, no one deserves a mix-up that bag, and figures he must help. But also, the cookie factory got mixed up with the tampon factory, with the cookies now absorb up to two pints of flavor. There's also huge chocolate chip tampons, which are chalk chewable huge. Xavier thinks that with two screw-ups, something smells fishy. Xavier goes to the factory, as the security guard won't let him in because they don't allow freaks in these parts. Xavier then goes down to Mother Earth by putting his ear to the ground and asking if the factory is poisoning her while he repeats everything Mother Earth says in a knock-knock joke that goes on for two hours. Mm. Xavier goes by the toxic waste at the factory, putting his dreamcatcher in the pipe, destroying the factory, as the workers at the chocolate chip factory come out all depressed that they've lost their jobs. Xavier goes to one of the workers who lost his job and offers to help his family as he helps him out on his farm in the middle of a drought as he stays in a dust room. The laid off worker talks about how the land has struggled and how it's all dust and they need rain real soon. Xavier decides to do a rain dance to stop the drought to no luck since he forgot how to do it. So he tries a memory jogging dance, which he forgot the irony is rich so he needs to do the iroquois irony melting dance but says only god can do it while it's raining so the laid off worker points his shotgun to the sky asking god to dance shooting at the sky when it rains blood the blood causes the crops to become zombie crumbs the laid off worker shoots at the corn mutants and stuffs all the crops with a flamethrower popping blood popcorn while giant ash trees terrorize all of downtown. Nature is out to make us pay for our sins against the earth. So Xavier's plan is to hack all the chocolate chip tampons into the smokestack at the factory, figuring they got one shot to stop God's bleeding. And they stop God's heavy blood flow. And the cycle of madness is over, at least for this month. Xavier says at the end that God is a lady, and he knows because he got her sopping wet and gave God's junk her just desserts. We then cut to the earth, where it's a giant-ass eyeball that bleeds from its socket. Yikes. Yes. Episode 8, Escape from Squatopian Freedom. Puggler, the punk rock juggler, steals Xavier's significant (laughs) necklace after tricking him into entering Squatopia, an anarchist commune. Now Xavier, a giant sperm, the world's oldest slave, and an anarchist clawing out for chains, travel to the Birding Person Festival, a parody of Birding Man, to get it back. Wow. Yeah. So, so Xavier talks about the 20th anniversary of his father's murder while he's on a boardwalk getting cotton candy, pretending his dad is next to him. Xavier talks about how he hasn't experienced joy since his father was scorched alive. Remember that for later. Xavier encounters a juggler on the boardwalk juggling hot potatoes. (laughs) When Xavier flashes back to his father's death, when young Xavier asks who did this, to which he replies, Our son. To which Xavier says, "I knew it was arson, Dad." Again, remember this for later. Young Xavier takes his father's crystal, swearing to avenge his father's death. When we cut back to Xavier on the boardwalk, chastising the juggler for trying to tame fire, and asks the juggler, "He lives." in a place called Squatopia. The juggler takes Xavier to Squatopia, which is a fully self-sustained anarchist commune when the juggler steals Xavier's crystal because in Squatopia, anything goes. Xavier tours around the town of Squatopia as he explains how important the crystal is to him. Xavier is informed that the juggler is going to Burning Person. Meanwhile, Xavier gets a note from another squatter telling him to meet him by the punk hall at 3 p.m. The squatter tells him he needs to get out of town because he's sick of living this seed, asking Xavier to break him out. But Xavier will only do it if he can get him to Burning Person. Xavier figures the only way to do this is to build an underground railroad. So Xavier tries to get money for the shovels by going to a sperm bank to sell his seed. And Xavier goes to the sperm bank and releases his uh, materials as. It's become some alienish sperm puppy. So it follows him back to Squatopia where it's discovered that the alienish sperm puppy is a great digger. Xavier and the squatter get to the original underground Railroad, road where they find an old slave and they figure he must be 187 years old. So squatter says they must take the old slave to Burning Person with them and they can get the crystal back. Xavier, the squatter, the old slave, and the aliens firm puppy make it to Burning Person as Xavier looks for the juggler, but he encounters about a dozen similar jugglers. The juggler then goes to the squatter to inform him that he's his dad and gives the squatter Xavier's crystal crystal. The squatter rejects the crystal, throwing it into the eco-vaporizer, which is about to get incinerated, when the alien sperm puppy catches the crystal in its mouth. Xavier says, Your spunk in the face of my cruelty has made me realize that I haven't been a good farmer to you. Every day I'm going to tell you about the birds and the bees. The burning person explodes as everyone at the festival burns to death, and the only survivor is Xavier and at the end of the episode is a mock dedication to everyone who died at Birdie Person, except for the mothers, because they know what they've done. (laughs) Mike, any comments? We're eight episodes in.
0: Only 12 episodes to go.
2: Yeah, we're we're two-fifths of the way through, folks.
0: It's... Words escape me. Like I said, this is the most absolute freaking bizarre show maybe ever. And that's based on adult swim standards.
2: Episode nine signs from Godrilla. So a little girl with a crystal ball tells the story of Xavier who was in a crossroads standing at a fork in the road. One saying heart, one saying mine. Xavier eventually moves to the left, which says heart, where he encounters a town in a wild west setting with everyone all bloodied and dead. Xavier walks into a room with a dead man and guess who else is there, guys? A gorilla. This has been your break for gorillas. Yes. Xavier asks the computer to do analysis and he needs to know what led up to the man's death. So he gets some brain matter for the computer to analyze where we encounter in Xavier's brain a preacher with his gorilla that knows sign language under the tutelage of his wife. We cut back to Xavier in the room believing that the wife was totally checking him out. We cut back to the preacher who is with a psychic who wants to see what happens if he follows his heart. The preacher following his heart has I'm not even going to say, you know what, the, he's with the gorilla and then he kills himself. The gorilla then starts doing servants in sign language as everyone praises how elegant the gorilla is. We then go to someone else who is touched by the gorilla who asks his 16-year-old daughter to sign a revirgination pledge as Xavier is confused because he wants to know where the wife is. The daughter gets a new hymen in a revirgination that has an MP3 player as we cut to a Christian radio station where the DJ is interviewing the guru, who's starting his own 700 Club, and there's about wacky sound effects at the radio station every five seconds. The Gorilla starts his 700 Club show with the preacher's wife as they interview a Christian actor who shows a clip of his new movie where he shoots up a bunch of angels in heaven to get back to Earth to save his wife, who's being raped by a gang, and it becomes the number one movie for nine straight weeks. Meanwhile, news reports say that the Gorilla is the second or third coming of the Messiah, who has converted everyone to Christianity. So every human gathers to accept the Gorilla as the Savior as they ascend to glory. Xavier, back in the room, says he can't lose his love to glory. So he goes inside his dream with his giant arm in the dream world to grab the preacher's wife at the ceremony, and everyone reacts, God has taken her? Weird! So we cut back to the preacher saying if he goes down the one path, everyone goes to heaven. He says score and leaves with the psychic after collecting his money as the psychic calls her him a sucker. Xavier is in the room with the preacher's wife, which he holds like a doll. When the computer comes back saying the brain juice is collecting thoughts in his head and Xavier needs to get out of his head. We go back to the little girl with the grower who says Xavier changed his mind and went to the right path in the fork of the road. So Xavier arrives at a town filled with several people that we've met in previous episodes, like the Mosquito Mecca, Shiny, the Oil Tycoon and his son, the Quintuplets' mother, who all happily hug him when, oh my god, guys, they all turn out to be zombies who eat him and throw his corpse over a cliff with other Xavier's corpses, which turn out to be a dream of the gorilla who turns out to be a robot who is controlled by a monkey. And okay. Mike is, and Mike is just drinking.
3: Come okay. out of drink. I, 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 I had to follow all of
2: that. Like I said, this is just this is going like I'm. This is like I. You have to watch this, folks. I'm not making up anything I'm saying in these recaps.
0: And this is all available on the Adult Swim web- website at adultswim.com, and also at the Adult Swim app, all for free.
2: Yes, so you can watch this whenever you want. Episode 10, the final episode of Season 1, Shaka Shuri Blowdown. After Xavier's father reveals that his quote-unquote killer is Xavier himself, Xavier splits his personality in denial as a battle ensues between the two, and the episode ends before Victor is re- determined. <laughs> so the episode begins, Xavier searches for his father's killer when his father appears in a cloud and says, It was you who killed me. To which Xavier responds, What kind of a stupid name is you who? Get it? You who? Ah, yeah, yeah. But he comes to realize that, guys, Xavier was the one who killed his father he gets depressed and sits in the car of a train because he swore he'd kill his father's killer and that he fingered himself to death. So he tries to kill himself when a blind man informs him that he's sitting on his head and he and another friend are about to beat the crap out of Xavier and rip him a new a-hole. The blind man asks his friend to hold his boots, his contact lens, his shirt, and fake leg as Xavier wants them to walk away, but they beat the crap out of Xavier and try to shave him down when they see a series of numbers on Xavier 's body and run away. Xavier tries to figure out what it is and thinks it's a phone number and some sort of cosmic pardon from the governor of circumstance. So Xavier calls the number.
1: And here here it leads to this. Hello? Hello, hello. Who's this? Who's this? I'm asking the questions. I called you. No, I called you, and you sound like the ugliest son of a bitch I ever heard. You sound like the physical manifestation of some loser's inner demons. Well, you sound like some total chode's inability to confront the reality of his past actions. If I ever get your stinky mug in my line of sight, I swear to check off, I'll cock your clock off. Well, I'm going to be the bigger man and hang up first. Damn it. Listen, we don't cotton to freaks round these parts. Scram, weirdo. Oh yeah? I don't polycotton to coping tropes, even my own. So why don't you split? Looks like I already did. You're the sad figment of my twisted psyche's tragic dividend. You're the un-me. I'm the real me. You wanna be me, kiddo? I was the real me when you were still in my short pants. Hate to break it to you, but I wore them first. Me bequeathed thee, the psychopathological hand you down. So you're the one who stained them. Whoever found it, browned it. You'd like me to be you, wouldn't me? But it's too late. You snows, you lows.
2: So, yeah, Xavier called the number, which leads to a conversation with himself. So, the two Xaviers encounter each other as they try to figure out who the real Xavier is, snapping various quips at each other like, If you love soup so much, why don't you marry soup? Because I'm already married to justice. <laughs> After that, they decide the only true way to settle is a Shaka-Shirley showdown under St. Louis rules to the death. I wonder what St. Louis rules are.
3: I don't think I want to know what St. Louis rules are. It no. they sound painful
2: yeah the two xavier's make music which leads to visions of unicorns in a hamster cage being used as cancer lab rats which then leads to some psychedelic lsd visions of the two xavier's on the shaka Shuris, leading to a series of opening door animations sending us to outer space as we get a vision of o- of an octopus seat ish, eight-armed Xavier touching a constellation similar to Michelangelo's David, leading us back to a sports announcer saying that that's time and what fast action that was, and tells us that we decide which Xavier won by writing on a postcard to wherever you go to determine who won, and the winner gets its own show, to which the Xavier dad cloud says, it was you! Get it? It was you. Because Xavier killed him. So that's season one, folks. Uh,
3: uh, And if you think it gets uh, any more uh, sensical.
2: No, season two gets even more insane. Now remember folks, we said that in Season 1, the quest was Xavier was trying to find who killed his father. Well, in Season 2, the quest is Xavier's trying to find his mother. Aww. So so here we go. Episode 11, Vibra Cost. Xavier helps out a couple who lost their son in a car accident and takes massive amounts of pills to cope. The pills are filled with Monk's Zen Vibrations and he takes a kid from a church who he assumes is being sexually assaulted, but ironically, the kid is a sexual predator to replace him. Xavier then tries to stop the monks who are producing the pills, only to start a worldwide Viber cost. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, I'm not going to read the description of this episode the entire episode because oh my god it is it is so terrible. But I will say there is a special guest voice in in the first episode of season 2. Do you want to guess who that do you want to guess who that is? Who is it? It's Bill Hader.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's Bill Hader.
2: Yeah, Bill Hader does the voice of the priest in the episode and he uh and he does the uh voice of the uh commercial in the episode uh, for uh Fiddlin which puts thousands of monk chants in one pill.
0: And Bill Hader, I'm sorry if I spoil anything comes up in the episode after this one too.
2: Yes. Uh, episode 12, Xavier's Maneuver. After witnessing and causing the suicide of a window cleaner, Xavier vows to redeem the life of the window cleaner by becoming the guardian of a mob boss. So yeah, Xavier sees a man washing a skyscraper while sitting down and panics thinking he's trying to commit suicide. But after Xavier says he has a stench, the window washer because it's suicide, and Xavier wonders why he's suicided. Xavier flashes back to Chief Master Guru, talking to his younger self about the gift of life. So Xavier decides to redeem the window washer's life, as he looks into his wallet, where he finds a redemption card for a place called the Daily Grinder, which says, buy 35, get one free, as he was about to redeem a free grinder. What a rip if you have to buy 35 grinders to get one free.
3: Yeah, what are you gonna do with the thirty-five grinders? Other than you know, give it to somebody.
2: What and how insulting! He died right before he was about to finally get the free one. I mean, geez. Xavier says he will redeem it on the window washers' behalf. So Xavier goes to the Daily Grinder to redeem the card. There's a bunch of people in the restaurant choke on a bone that is passed back and forth. So he shows off a chicken choking maneuver he developed to stop the cycle of choking. The person he saved is a gangster named Don Ho who wants to sue the chicken restaurant and will protect him from the chicken chokers. Xavier offers the gangster protection and the gangster uses Xavier to torture people and to pay the gangster what he needs. The gangster has a wacky henchman named Disgracio, who talks in a funny voice and offers to sing at inappropriate times because he's the only singing henchman in the business. And he, ta- and he talks and sings like Jerry Lewis as an eight-year-old. Lady! Yeah. Privately, disgracio whispers to Xavier that he's actually an informant that has been on the inside for 12 years, who's only been acting this way because when he started, he was a rookie who wasn't properly briefed on character development. So he just developed an angle where he was a singing henchman. Hmm. That... Uh...
3: Uh, uh yeah yeah,
2: <laughs> Xavier realizes that the cops might have info on the chicken choker to see what grease squeezes out. Don Ho thinks that they should put the squeeze on the cops, so Don Ho and Disgracey arrive with Xavier to the station and offers the police to give Don to Don Ho's fund, so there won't be an extortion. They pay him to stop spitting on him, and they give him the file on the chicken choker. Xavier notices that Chicken Tchaikovsky is dead, and he's trying to kill from the afterlife. So Xavier needs to talk some sense in the other side. Xavier makes Don Ho shove the bone in his fur throat, and Don goes the other side and steals some of the heavenly light in a briefcase. Xavier accidentally reveals to Donho that Disgracio is a cop, and he gets beaten to death. Oh, and he's killed by the ultimate hitman who was raised from a baby who was taught to kill without conscience, raised on hate and darkness, and fed on only lizards so he can heal himself. But there's one problem. He doesn't like his wife. But Don Ho doesn't care because he's in the mafia, to which Xavier realizes, Oh my God, Don Ho is in the mob? Don Ho says with all the heavenly light, he's going to be the dawn of death. Xavier makes him choke on the light as Don sees his life flash before his eyes with all the killing and pain he caused as Don decides he's going to rehabilitate his life-spreading joy as he leaves. So Xavier is left to rehabilitate the beast. So Xavier tries to teach the beast all about culture and tries to teach him to speak. And after teaching him every word for a couple of hours, takes a picture with him on a disposable camera. Xavier asks what the beast wants to do. And, and his speak, says he wants to commit suicide. The beast keeps killing himself, rapidly multiplying, and wants to kill Don Ho, as he's the architect of his despair. So the millions of beasts that beat the crap out of Don Ho, which makes Xavier realize, it's an inside job, as this is what the cycle of random violence breeds. It always ends up boning the poor. Don Ho gets swallowed up by a black goop, which caused, was caused by the beast, which then forms into a door, which Xavier sees as a gift. Xavier opens up the door and puts his hand through the door, saying he'll never let go, as on the other side is his younger self being choked, which warps into a clip of the beast surfing to end the episode. <laughs>
0: this was a bizarre episode. Um, I, now correct me if I'm wrong, I watch
3: it I, twice.
0: Well, but the, the thing, uh, uh, I don't think Greg mentioned this, or maybe if he did, I totally just phased out. The whole thing when, um, he, he, uh, splits the person in half and he becomes two of himself. And then when he throws the, uh, the, the small versions of himself in a wood chipper and creates hundreds if not thousands of versions of himself yeah that was bizarre, and then the the hundreds or thousands of little people uh attacking oh my, it, it just it was bizarre i mean th- th- i what do you think th- of the singing henchmen uh, well, I mentioned uh before we started recording the show uh the singing henchmen sounded a lot like Fred Travelina. Who would have been alive around this time he would have died in 2009 yeah so but it wasn't fred travelina interestingly enough it just sounded a lot like him
2: and it does look kind of like fred Travelina, if you think about it okay i'll I'll take it oh by the way did i mention that that i've never mentioned this but did you know that this show is is the way it's animated it looks entirely like a ps2 game
3: yeah,
0: um, I was so waiting for you to mention like, that. I was going to mention it. Looks that like the, the Sims.
3: It looks like The Sims. It, it yeah.
0: does have a Sims look to it, but also, again, it's it looks very much PS2 like. Yeah, definitely not up to date graphics, if you will. Which may be some of the irony in all of this.
2: Okay, so this next episode, episode thirteen, El Tornado, is listed as episode thirteen on Wikipedia, but on the Adult Swim site, it's episode 4 of season 2. But this did air first. So I'll describe the the description of this episode. Xavier confuses the friendship with the faux boat and ends up entangled in the energy crisis. Deceiving a hurricane-driving scientist played by Vincent D'Onofrio and the self-abusing society in order to simultaneously save the snakes and tame his enemy, the wind. Meanwhile, Snake Hand throws up. And uh, Chico, you said the title is a play.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a play on words. It's uh, El Torreador, which is Spanish for the bullfighter and tornado. So it would be El Tornadador.
2: Yeah. So this episode is like Xavier's trying to find a friend, and he's going back to like back and forth, pretending to be the friend of like two different people: the hurricane driving scientist scientists. Played by Vincent D'Onofrio and a Goff, who's like rejected by society, and he's going back and forth throughout all of them, trying to pretend to be their friends. So the scientist at one point shows Xavier a secret that he found. He had an idea to sympathize weather in a controlled environment to harness tornadoes to power everything, giving him the power over the weather to make it do things for the scientists. If they get out of line, he whips and hangs the tornadoes as he wants society to see what he's done. So (laughs) So he's creating like mini tornadoes. And, like, if they get out of line with him, he does bad things to the mini-tornadoes. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, the end of the episode. Xavier informs the scientists about the plan by the Goff to free the wind and says he can go stop the Goff. The Goff arrives to meet inside-out Xavier. Oh, yeah. It's, so, one of the things I forgot to mention. So, at one point, the snake hand, uh, to make him switch back and forth, the snake hand will eat Xavier inside out because the only thing the goth recognizes Xavier as is the inside out Xavier. And the only thing the scientist recognizes Xavier as is it, his normal self. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. So Xavier informs the scientists about the plan by the goth. So the goth arrives to meet the inside out Xavier as they become bromigos and put the tornadoes in a bag. But the scientist calls the cops. So Xavier becomes his regular self, selling out the goth, arresting him. So the scientist, unaware that inside out Xavier is Xavier, says if they found his accomplice, they'd be triple uber bromigo sabe deluxes. Xavier makes snake hand puke fueling the cops into thinking that it's the inside-out Xavier as they take the snake's hands puke away. Now that Xavier and the scientists are bromigo nothing will take them apart when the scientist is sucked into the tornado, drilling into the ground. So Xavier finds a snake tremor to control the tornado, which has become a hurricane, which reverses the tide, and it turns out the snake tremor is the chief master guru who did all this to teach Xavier a lesson on true friendship.
1: Aww. Uh. Yeah. Aww? Uh?
2: Yeah. Episode 14, which is listed as on the Adult Swim site as episode 5 of season 2, Haunted Tonk. After Xavier revisits his childhood home, now a strip club for pregnant, lactating women, he reconnects with his youth by simply thinking he was visited by himself in the past. The process repeats, and then the cuddle crumbs are released. The title refers to honky-tonks, a type of bar with musical entertainment that is common in the southwestern and southern United States. And uh, One of the voices in this episode is actually played by Judah Freelander, Mm-hmm. He of
0: 30 Rock fame.
2: Yes. And a million amazing hats.
0: Oh, yes. All and, of them say champion. Yes. Uh, in addition to being world champion, we should also recognize Judah Freelander as one of the uh, cast members on the original version of Best Week Ever.
2: Yes. Of course. Of course, the reboot of Best Week Ever is going to be a future entry. But, oh my God. What an amazing! This this is actually an amazing episode, guys. You got to check this out. So, yeah, Xavier goes to like his childhood home, which is now a strip club. As he goes to like various points of the his home, at various points of the strip club, being like, "Oh, this is where my bedroom was," or "This is where this is where the dinner table was," where like the. Trippers are like dancing and shit. It's amazing. Episode 15, which is listed as episode three of season two, free range manibalism. Upon discovering that the livestock used by a local restaurant are treated better than the glues huffing hobos outside. Xavier sets off to transform them in order to receive that standard of care, but only because he has to urinate badly. And this has probably like one of my favorite scenes in Xavier Renegade Angel because he's trying to, to get a bunch of the two bums that are outside of the restaurant in which he really wants to urinate. And he's, he has them like dress up as pigs so they can enjoy life as properly treated livestock at the restaurant. So he decides to get some pigskin. At a sporting goods store, so he distracts the crowd by having them chant "sports, sports, sports, sports," and he steals a bunch of footballs, which he glues on the bums to have them pretend to be pigs. Chico, you're just shaking your head like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That this this whole episode, I. I, I you need to watch this episode guys. It is just oh, I can I, I don't want to go through the entire episode cuz oh, it's it's like I said, it's just I, words can't describe this episode folks. Episode 16 Damnesia Fu. Xavier wakes up with no memories and the power of deja vu reigns supreme. So Xavier in this episode wakes up with no memories and he can't remember if he knows his name as he's in a room with multiple doors. He enters one room where he's in charge for security of a donkey bear and tries to stop his assassination, which he doesn't do, and everyone assumes Xavier did it because he has a gun. Xavier gets put on trial and because he's innocent, it proves he's on trial and is sentenced into three glimpses into his soul, which gets turned into seven glimpses, No! In the prison, Xavier witnesses a campaign rally outside where the new mayor vows to protect the child from human baby rapists. Xavier is zapped back into the room soon after and goes through a yellow door where he's in a place that looks like the moon where he says he's never felt more alive and then gets swallowed by a lizard transporting him back to the room. Xavier wonders if this is a test where he hears a voice that says, Soon. Xavier next goes through a brown door where he sees a decapitated body on the road and sees time reverse before he got hit by a car and decapitated. It's a world where everything is backwards. So Xavier realizes in this odd dimension, driving backwards over people can bend them. So he drives a car backwards and hits people with his car while driving backwards. He gets pulled over by the cops where we see him get backwards beaten up and backwards hanged by the guillotine. Xavier gets back to the room and repeatedly goes through the red door, which takes him to the green door multiple times until he decides to go through a different door, which takes him to an animated land of simpletons where the natives consider an insult sun God. So they decide to sacrifice him to the great sun God as he cuts It's cut up into different pieces, but looks like some weird tarot card piece before he regenerates back into himself as he tells the natives that they need to give the sun god a taste of his own medicine. Xavier performs a sacrifice which angers the gods as he runs off a cliff being chased from the gods as the sun god eats Xavier's corpse, turning the sun god into a sun god, Xavier, who commits suicide, sending Xavier back into the room xavier goes through a purple door encountering a lady who then turns into a weird purple goo thinking that if he bided his time he'd win his way it doesn't turn out well and Xavier's back in the room wondering why he's doing this when he's sucked through a door witnessing a man with a upc price code on his head yes folks there's a man with a upc price code on his head And asks Xavier if he believes in God. And Xavier responds, that's a very complicated question. And is asked yes or no, as Xavier just rambles and rambles, frustrating the man with the UPC price code on his head into killing himself, transporting him into that room as the price scanner goes through the barcode, revealing Xavier's face on the man's body. So it was me all along. And Xavier decides to just go through the black door, taking us to the normal opening credits sequence, where Xavier finds an old crying lady who turns into a giant snack upon Xavier touching her as her ex-husband comes into the frame. Xavier tries to console him when he touches him and turns into food too. Xavier's mom enters and asks, do I smell food? Mother, sure, help yourself. Xavier's mom offers Xavier a hug for the first time when Xavier's devil inside tells her to get the hug who then gets advice from the devil inside Xavier's devil who gets advice from the devil inside the devil of Xavier's devil. And after a conversation with the various devils, we see more inside devils inside the devil. That's
3: like burrito. All of a sudden I'm thinking of burritos.
2: It's, it's another thorito. You have a devil, the devil inside your head, Who's being spoken to by the devil inside its head? It's it's devilception. Devilception, yeah, that's a good
0: one. Devilception, okay.
2: One of the devils offers a grinder who passes it on to the different devils in a game of telephone. As Xavier gives his mom the grinder, his mom whispers, right into my plan. As upon Xavier's mother touching him, Xavier turns into Village Chili. Village Chili. (laughs) Ha ha! And then we, get a commir- then we get a commercial for Slippy Town Village Chili Slide Park with a beef pipe which you jalapeno your pants. We cut back to Xavier back into the room who wants to know what this is about as he gets sucked through one of the doors and keeps falling into as he encounters a checkerboard man. So it's like a man, but it's like, he's like his entire body is shaped like a checkerboard. Really? And, yes. Xavier asks if he knows how to make it stop as he opens a door in its back to the room as Xavier uses his tongue to go through a door in the room with the donkey mayor as his tongue shoots the man who asks Xavier to protect the mayor at the beginning. Meanwhile, in the room, the other Xavier turns around and sees Xavier's eye behind the checkerboard man's back from the door as he uses his shakashuri to poke the other eye from the other Xavier who's watching, sending him back to the room with only one door left to try. Xavier goes to a pink door where he becomes a little girl with his regular voice when he encounters a guy in the desert who can't go to heaven because he's gay. So Xavier, as a girl, tries to send the gay guy to heaven through the underbound round railroad, pushing him up the (laughs) post. Oh my I won't say it, but we us to say it succeeds. It causes a breach in the system, causing heaven to self-destruct if the gay person doesn't reveal himself. The gay guy does reveal himself and becomes the new messiah, whose first act is to drop the act as he bursts into a black man, <laughs> becoming the first black man in heaven. <laughs> Xavier is sent back to the room as he gives up, but a face tells him to open all the doors at once overloading the system, which he does, and is congratulated to play the game of life. Okay. Four more, four more episodes, people. We're almost done. Episode 17, Going Normal. Xavier hears a yell for help, which takes him to a cryogenics place where he rec- rescues some people, only to find out they weren't supposed to be thought out until science could cure them. If you can't stand the body heat, then stay out of the freezer of fate. They all end up decomposing, as one of the thought-out people swears to spend their every atom to serve ice-cold vengeance on Xavier. Where we go to young Xavier with Chief Master Guru, where the Chief gives young Xavier his link-off, which helps him wipe away all of suffering, while young Xavier pledges to serve ice-hot justice. We go back to Xavier at the cryogenics place, As he is angered, he takes off the Lanecroft as a censored ball covers up his you-know-what, which is revealed to be a bug, showing his member part is an eye. That's all I need to know about that episode. Oh, yeah. He's trying to be normal, except
3: he he has a third eye where his uh, third eye is supposed to be.
2: So Xavier takes a job, at the corporation that runs the cryogenics place as he tries to just become a normal guy. So he rips one of the dead people's faces off and puts it on his face to pretend to be a normal guy. So Xavier's asked by his new co-workers on how he feels about freaks, and he claims to feel the same about it, making the workers think that he's in competition with another worker named Peterson for another job. Xavier is asked by his boss on what to do with a plan at his job. He says because he is so normal, he wants to put freaks in the ditch. He's also asked about what to do with the theft of office supplies. He says he's normal, no secrets hidden. The boss thinks... They need to see within to replace their bulbs with x-ray bulbs to find the culprits. Xavier, after being constantly asked by his boss, tries to say he's normal and needs to be stopped being singled out like a freak, which, he interprets in, which the boss interprets into, Oh my God, I think we all need to come up with our own ideas. They decide to put frag, So the corporation decides to put fragrances in appliances to make their products irresistible. Uh, yeah. So at the workplace, Xavier is replacing a guy named Ryan. He's referred to as new Ryan at the workplace, and he is informed about old Ryan's wife and kids, and that he should talk with old Ryan's wife. So Xavier meets old Ryan's wife and kids, and the kids are scared by Xavier as new Ryan. Xavier tells old Ryan's wife that she <laughs> needs to have dinner ready for him, and that Wednesday is beat flight. So he has dinner with the wife and kids. Okay. This I mean I I could go by reading the rest of this episode, but oh my god! There's also one point where Xavier is wearing a mascot costume, and it looks like the cousin of Gritty.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. Wow. It, which is which. So happens to look exactly like Xavier. Episode 18.
1: Karma stun,
2: folks. Karma bionic lotion. Xavier comes across the town of Lotion where a reporter gets his scoop on Xavier after the town tries to raise money for a golden statue of its dead founder and gets into debt. So this episode is like Xavier goes to a town called Lotion Lotion New like Lotion New Mexico and like they he suggests to them like that they should all try to win the lottery so they all win the lottery and they've they make, turn themselves into like gold statues as, after winning the lottery huh I know it's it's just weird oh and part of this episode is like at various points it's like it's Xavier down under (laughs) yeah there's there's like (laughs) there's like it's like the opening title sequence at like some points of the episode with like the Xavier renegade angel but it's just like Xavier down under with like an Australian guy going down under (laughs) Australia-like figures, like, at no point in this episode whatsoever. It's
3: just an Australian guy.
2: Yeah. Crikey! All right, episode 19, Damnesia U. So this is kind of a sequel to episode 16, but the entire episode is a compilation and mixing of videos from a contest adult swim head where you could make your own version of Xavier Renegade Angel. And various clips of it are, pl- are like played in certain segments into the episode when Xavier is going through all the different doors. There's like a live-action Xavier. There's like a video game Xavier. There's a version of Xavier that's a puppet. I mean, it's a very creative episode, if you see it on Adult Swim. I guess we're now to the grand finale, folks. The final episode of Xavier Renegade Angel. Brain gas, final cranny. After struggling on a beach with his self imposed policy of anti violence, Xavier sneaks into a mental institution with the aim of reuniting with his long lost mother. So, yeah, Xavier realizes, finds out that his mom has been taken to a mental hospital. So, the entire, so like most of the episode is Xavier going into the mental hospital trying to save his mother. And people, I got to say, the final episode of Xavier Renegade Angel, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil all the twists and turns in this final episode. But let me say this, and I will say this. The last scene of Xavier Renegade Angel has a twist that I swear to God is better than any twist in any final episode, it's better than the twist finale in the Bob Newhart show. It's better than Tommy Westfall on scene elsewhere. It is amazing, and like Mike said, all twenty episodes are on the Adult Swim website. You can go and st- stream the episodes wherever you want. There is a DVD of the entire series, but it's out of print, and it goes for like insane amount of money on eBay. We're not going to do an eBay prices right about it, guys. But, yeah, I'll say this. As we said, this show is absolutely insane. I mean, what more can we add? Well,
0: uh, also, in addition to the Adult Swim website at adultswim.com, you can uh, watch every episode on the Adult Swim app for free.
2: Yes. So it can easily be found. But there's one more thing we got to mention.
3: We're not done yet.
2: Oh, no. Last month, we got the grand return of Xavier Renegade Angel. Yes, we did. Yes, as part of Adult Swim's 2020 commencement series.
3: Oh, yeah. I remember that now.
2: Yes. So, among your Eric Andres, your Carl's from Aqua Teen Hunger Forces. We got the grand return of Xavier Renegade Angel in HD no less. So he's been upgraded from looking like he's in a PS2 game to a PS3 game or
3: an Xbox 360 game, I don't know.
2: Yeah. But oh man, he he's 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 come to give words of wisdom for all the graduates of 2020. And I think you all need to check it out on the Adult Swim YouTube channel. It's very inspirational. It's better than any commencement speech I ever had.
0: And it's all of about three minutes long.
2: Yeah. Oh, I think it's about well, actually, I think it's like three to five minutes long, but it's amazing. It is incredible. So we're gonna have to wrap this episode up. What do we all what do you have to say about the Xavier Renegade Angel?
3: What can I say except it was a thing on TV?
2: Yep. That's all we can say.
0: It was a thing on TV. It was
2: literally a thing on TV. But guys with a
3: snake hand and everything.
2: Snake hand that ate babies. What can I tell you? But you can well you can listen, folks, to every episode of our show on our archive at was a thing on TV.com. We're on every social media. We're on the Tumblr. We're on the Instagram. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Jack Dorsey's hate box. And, of course, every Wednesday, two of our ba- previous week's back out up on Place to Be Nation Pop. You can check that out. Listen, like on, as we said in the last episode, you can listen to like the whole two-hour, 90-minute, two-hour, whatever it is, if you're like on a long drive or whatever or whatever. I don't know if anyone's doing long driving these days, but if you do, come on. I know I
3: do long drives to and from work, so...
2: Yep. So, okay, next week, guys, we, we had a bizarre episode, and maybe, maybe a bizarre thing in the first episode with Quirk. But next week, I think we're going to kick it even more bizarre
3: I'm looking at the schedule for next week. Oh, yeah.
0: How can it be more bizarre than what we just talked about?
3: uh, Let me put it to you this way. Something dropped on Netflix over the week, and we're going to be talking about something related to that.
2: Folks, two words for you. Magic rock.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no
3: but that doesn't hold a candle to uh actually I have no idea what the second entry is I, I I I all I know is it came out 30 years ago and I have not seen hair nor hide of one episode of it
0: next week's second episode is actually a viewer request uh we received it on Twitter maybe about month and a half 2 months ago and uh, and I thought, you know what? Let's use some viewer submissions, uh, just because um, we enjoy hearing from you. We don't want this to be just overburdened by us. I know you, you guys, the the listeners, want us to cover certain shows, uh, but also next week we did actually have a hole in the schedule. Uh, not going to mention what we were going to cover because I think we're going to cover it later on this year. Uh, but there was a little bit of. Um, tension regarding that topic maybe about four months ago and discretion was the better part of valor we we made the decision you know what we're not going to do it now maybe we'll revisit it once this gets you know sort of tides over the, the the controversy that we're vaguely describing yeah So yeah, uh, next week is going to be, well, we've had a couple of viewer submissions and uh, we've covered one previously and we've got it made. We're covering one next week. And uh, actually uh, some other uh, listeners have sent us other suggestions, which we've definitely added at least one to our uh, submission list. Now when we're going to cover it, I can't tell you, but we don't want you to think that we're doing just what we want to do. We're listening to you. We're, we're using your suggestions. We're, we're uh, definitely deliberating when to use them, and, uh, and like I said, we've used one, and we're going to do a second one next week. This one's for you, person who submitted this, whoever you are. I forget because it's been a long time ago, and I don't want to give away the subject just yet.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, there you go. That's all next week, but for now, it's goodbye from Greg. Say night, Greg.
2: Goodnight, Greg.
3: And it's a goodbye from Mike.
2: Okay.
3: Good night, everybody. And it's a goodbye from me. We'll see you next week with another thing on TV.
1: Wow! 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 Wow!
2: Wow! 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 Wow You've been listening to It Was A Thing On TV Down Under